I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to tell you about the Genesee Country Village and Museum. They're holding their annual Maple Sugar Festival um, next weekend, which is March 25th and 26th from 9.30 till 4. There's maple all over the place. You can check out trees, how it's boiled in the old school fashion, and they also have a pancake breakfast. So check out the Genesee Country Village and Museum. You can check out their website, gcv.org, for more information. In episode 67 of the Food About Town podcast, I talked with Marty O'Sullivan from Marty's Meats Food Truck and Marty's on Park. We talked through, you know, somewhere about the restaurant, where they are now, the expansion they just did, their brunch menu, which has kicked off and just went today. It's fantastic. And we also talked pizza because anytime Marty and I get together, we can't help but talk pizza. So make sure you check out Marty's on the food truck, Marty's on Park. And if you enjoy the episode, let me know. Food About Town on Facebook, at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to include Marty on those too. Thanks for listening. There's something about that about Chartreuse I just I just love, and it seems like Marty maybe uh, Marty O'Sullivan across from me may be my my counterpart when it comes to that. He might I don't think he likes it as much as I do. Yeah, well, I think we do have different a little bit different from conversations before different palettes. Yeah, um, which is okay. We can it's all definitely get along. okay. So, um, Mr. O'Sullivan, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and say where you come from? So my name is Marty O'Sullivan. I come from Rochester, New York. Um, but from a business standpoint, um, we have um, Marty's Meats Food Truck and then, and then Marty's on Park, which is uh, what I like to call a fine, casual barbecue uh, outpost. Yeah, I mean, kind of hit on that, hit on that fast, casual thing uh, right at the right at the right time. Yeah, you know. I don't know if it was as intentional as that, but we had the we had the truck going, and we kind of knew a certain certain style of service, and didn't want to expand too much beyond that. Um, you know, we don't have the you know like the subway effect, which was before where you get to look at your stuff and point to it and pick as many toppings as you want. We yeah, it's it's kind of the it's uh, yeah, it's not quite the Chipotle method where it's like oh ping 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 ping. It's right. more of the um, I guess what I'd call the it's the next evolution in in dining where it's not full service, but yeah. it's high end, you know, right. high end it, techniques. They call it limited service, right? Yeah, where you uh, these limited service restaurants where it's like there's fast food, there's fast casual, and then this limited service is kind of in between that and full service, and where people order it. You know, we do counter, you order at a counter, and we we bring the food to you, and um, yeah, part of it I think is a, 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 in the popularity of it. 
is there is there's just some economics to it in terms of labor is is not cheap right and so with that you know you come you know you, you figure out ways to to limit some of that and or to, to make it work without having a you know full-on a big staff there well and part of it also is i mean as you mentioned, you've been uh, working on a food truck for how long has it been now? Four years. Four years. Oh my well, God. yeah, August will be five years since we opened the truck. And is it really? And wow. even when I was first on the uh, Food About Town uh, podcast was four oh, years ago. Long time ago. I, I remember we, we recorded. This was, if you want to go back, I have all the old podcasts up still. So you can go back and listen to it. And it was, we recorded at Sea Restaurant. Yeah. I brought my portable mic. And we sat in the middle of dinner service recording a podcast. I don't even know if it's listenable, but it was. I think we made some decent points, but yeah, we we. Uh, I don't remember the exact circumstance of why we were there, but it was fun and good yeah. food, and we used to we used to blend uh, entertainment and work a little bit more than <laughs> as in the Marty staff, not Chris, but yeah, uh, than we do now. So we were. I think we had the day off and we wanted to eat and drink and, and get this done. So Yeah, that was the place. We, yeah, we mixed it all into one. Yeah, but you know what? It was we was we had a good time and it was but yeah, that was a long time ago. And I, I remember right before right before food trucks hit in Rochester, I remember I forget where I saw you guys the first time. I think it was outside the public market. Yeah, I think it was at the um John Greco's place there. Yeah, um, in that little parking makers, lot, yeah. which was kind of an early food truck gathering place for a while. It was early and it was illegal. Yeah, it, but it was a hub of, um, you know, John is a great guy and and he, you know, was had a good relationship with Lizzie Clapp at Le Petit Boutin and wanted to, um, you know, bring in some more of these new age food trucks and give them a chance there. And it was a nice place to to open up. I. I have very fond memories of being able to uh, serve at the market there. Yeah, I remember that. I remember for a while it was just it was just Lizzie in the the first version of the poutine truck. Yeah, uh, you know the old broken down version, which oh, was gee. awesome. Which was awesome. Um, but yeah, it turned then it turned into you and Lizzie and the brick and motor brick boys. And motor, yep, and hello Arepa. Hello, Rapos in the house. But you'd get these gatherings on Saturdays. You'd get four or five trucks, and this was, this was kind of the proto food truck rodeos. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, it was a popular m- model in other towns. Um, it's Portland, especially. They call them, you know, these pods, these food truck pods, and Austin, they're big in. And yeah, it's like these almost semi permanent yeah uh, parking lots where the food trucks either live or park. Right, and and we wanted to try to replicate that um, without permission at the time, but you know, <laughs> but the, the idea was to replicate that feeling and to try to create an environment where people were um, able to come and and have because I think at that point still we were still getting a lot of the old the old hot dog question, right? Like, oh I, yeah, can I get the, can I get a hot dog from your truck? And um, none none of those four that you mentioned served hot dogs. No, <laughs> so, not a hot dog among them. So so um, the goal was, and I always hate I hate saying educate your consumer your consumer because I don't <laughs> really. And when I'm a consumer, I don't feel like being ed, you know having being educated by an ex, by when I'm paying for food. But um, but to introduce to these customers that you could come to this parking lot and find four pretty. 
you know, at the time, pretty good food. You know, some food, some pretty good food from four different food trucks. And when, yeah, you look at that, look at that group of four that I mentioned. Those were the regulars in that space. And you look, I mean, two are gone, two are still, you know, on the road, but they were all really executing at a pretty high level at the time. And you know, it was, I mean. It's changed so much since then. Yeah, with how with how popular um, how popular uh, poutine got. Yep, um, and with how much your food has changed from then till now. Yeah, I mean it's it's drastic, and I, this comes from somebody who liked what you were doing back then. Yeah, but it's night and day, not only in the scope of what you do, but the overall quality just, yeah. just skyrocketed since then. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's what you hope for, right? I mean, as you do something more, you hope to get better at it. You hope you don't Absolutely. do it more and get worse at it. And that, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I, um, we put a, we put in a, a lot of hard work since those days. We didn't, frankly, have a great idea of what we were doing then. We were trying, you know, the old spaghetti effect where you throw stuff against the wall and you see what works. And... Um, is that the best way to start a business? Absolutely not. Is it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Ideally, you go into a business knowing exactly what you're really good at, and you do it really, really well. That'd be nice. But I don't know if anybody really does that. Uh, maybe Lizzie. She knew she was going to make great French fries from the beginning, right? And I mean, look at the model. It's yeah. it's, and she, you know, she's expanded a little bit, but I mean, very little. I mean, she's done. She does a few different gravies now. Yeah. But it's the same thing. And she's got a great product, and she, you know, from day one, she's had that great product. And, you know, we, um, I think we've had to figure it out and on the, on the job. And that's, that's, again, that's, that's pretty similar to anything you're doing. I think there's differences in what, you know, from four years ago to now, there's differences in what people want to eat, how people eat, what they're looking for, food, you know, uh, trends or, you know, how people are, are eating change. It really did. I mean, look at, Look at what food trucks, you know, started at then and the explosion of the food truck rodeos and the thousands of people that would come out to these. Yeah. You know, on a, you know, semi-monthly, then a monthly, then now, you know, trying to expand into twice a month food truck rodeos. Uh, it's, it, it really, it's amazing how fast that grew. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, for some of us, I mean, for me, me personally, um, yeah, you know, I went to every one for yeah. two years, and it's it's hard it's hard to get excited about it anymore. It's not quite the same as it was. It was it's not as new and it's not as different anymore. I completely agree with that. Um, we had this conversation. We have the Rochester Food Truck Alliance, and we had this conversation at the end of the summer. And I was pretty uh, blunt with how I felt about where the with the direction of of this food truck rodeo was going. Yeah. And you know it's like the old saying, you know, nothing great can last forever, and it's and that's the reality is that you, you couldn't keep the exact same model going forever and being as popular as it was. And the way we talked about it from the the food truck alliance was how can we make this uh, exciting for customers to come back all the time? You know, I think maybe we this wasn't driven by food truck owners, no pun intended. <laughs> But um, <laughs> the second day, uh, uh, the second summer night a, a month was not a, a food truck owner um, push. Yeah. You know, I felt that that was uh, 
overkill and was just going to be kind of eating off your own plate in, in that respect in terms of the people that are coming and diluting it. And, and it kind of seemed like that's exactly yeah. what happened. I went to a couple of those and it was... I mean, they were they were nice days, or maybe a little too hot, but even so, they were they were they were tough days. They're very significantly. Uh, they're the, the attendance was significantly less than than um, in the past, and um, you know, how, I also think we have you have to look at it and figure out how you're gonna how are you gonna keep it interesting to people. And it, the other problem is that it's not only there's rodeos at the market, there's rodeos at Allison Park, there's rodeos for these schools, there's rodeos, rodeo. I mean. And how long can just eating from a food truck be the only thing you do there? Yeah. And at the same time, you have all these vendors that are all have pretty good products. Maybe the overall quality of product may be a little bit lower than it was, say, four years ago. Um, you know, across the board. Yeah, it's 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 hard because you know people change what they're doing. Yeah. And you know, like I said, we lost some of the originals. People have come in and out in those three and four years. Absolutely, it's, it's a tough. It's a tough business. Um, it is a very difficult business and, um, you're right. There's been, we've lost some, we've lost some good trucks due to just the nature of the business, whether yeah. it be because it's seasonal or in, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't give you a consistent, um, you know, just a kind of better life. It, it can be kind of a rough go of it. And, um, if you don't have like, if you don't have some, I don't think, if you don't have a plan to really expand from that, it's going to be a tough go. It's going to be a tough go to be on a truck in Rochester, New York, 12 months a year for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, that's like, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Right? You know, and, and that's it. Um, so we've lost some guys, you know, some some quality trucks to that. and But there's also, I think there are a lot of quality trucks, but I think the model of just opening your window at the public market and everybody charging 10 bucks an item and they're just going to come flocking and think about that if you have a family there and you're going to eat from three trucks with like two or three people per meal i mean you're spending 120 to 150 dollars yeah to eat it really could turn into an expensive day out yeah um even if it was just me or me and uh, me and the wife it could turn into an expensive night out. Yeah, if you want to try everything. So I don't know if it's a. There needs to be more collaboration with the trucks, and maybe get into. I mean, there's a lot of things you could try. You could try to do smaller portion tasting type things. Are people going to want to give up that revenue? So that yeah, I don't know. But if it, there has to be a change to keep those those things as exciting as they once were. Yeah, when I think things are changing too, I think some of the downtown spots are becoming better. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the new downtown spot near the, uh, where I think it's two or three trucks can park near the DNC. Yep. I mean, that spot near near the new Midtown area, that's, you know, that's that's going to be a popular spot, especially as that area grows. Yeah, and it's almost like over, you know, there's a little, like you're mentioning, there may be a little oversaturation. If I can go and I can have, you know, think about it, if for me, if I can go and get uh a brisket sandwich for me at the Midtown spot for lunch, or I could have it delivered from Park Ave, or I could go to Park Ave, or, and then I also am going to go get that same sandwich on a Wednesday night at the market. I mean, those yeah. are a lot of opportunities to eat our food, and I love it, but but at some point you're going to say, well, I, I just had them for lunch at the Midtown spot. Why am I going to go stand in line at the the, the rodeo? Yeah. These are, I mean, and, and, and it's it's not, it's it kind of, it's not great because the rodeo days were were very big revenue days for trucks, especially new trucks. They were something that 
you probably had an experience from a from you know operating really busy and doing that to, those type of sales. They're on a Wednesday, last Wednesday of the month. They were great for you know they you'd take a lot of that home. Those that, that was <clears> a great <throat> business. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, I remember when trucks would launch, and their first day was and it's still happening. Yeah. And, um, we'll see you at the rodeo. Yeah, one of the guys was uh, 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 Rob Lanco. He opened the Rob's Kebabs this year. His first day was at the rodeo. And I I like the guy. It's a crazy thing to do. Every time I've met somebody, I've said the same thing. That's a crazy thing to do to open your first day at the rodeo. Yeah, You've I never done if, it before. You know, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that to, there's been some rodeos that when we were a year or two in, well, we were a pretty well-oiled machine where they, it almost – Train the, the the wheels almost came off the tracks a little bit, yeah. Because it, it it was vi- for the I would say the second and third year of the rodeos were very busy, exceedingly busy. And the, the idea of opening for the first time, and and you know maybe that has something to do with it, maybe people didn't have a great experience because you're just trying to some of these at times you're trying to just just uh, survive, right? yeah. And that's not. That's not great when you're trying to make sure somebody has a good experience. Yeah, it's it's the same. I remember we we talked a little while back about events. Um, I was doing a doing an article for the senior newspaper. We were talking about you know doing the big events over the yeah. summertime and how you know those rodeos kind of mimicked you know those July and August rodeos mimicked some of those long days at Park Ave Fest or. Right. Uh, Jazz you know, Fest, another very, very yeah. busy one. Uh, it, it does. And, you know, I cringe sometimes when I hear that somebody's first experience from us was from a rodeo or like in a situation like that because it's at times it's, it's, you're just trying to survive because it's very busy. And I don't know how, when we're that busy, I think we still, we're still able to put out a, a very comparable product to what we put out when we're not as busy as that, but is that the case for everyone, for someone that's new? So, you know, though that might not be the best reflection of somebody's product, of what they're going to serve on a consistent basis if you just have it at a rodeo or a very high-volume event like that. You know, you're hoping it's the exact same, but it, it, it probably isn't. Yeah. I mean, when you're trying to keep up quality and you're, you've got a line that's 40 deep, 40, 50 deep. For three hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've got that pressure on top of you, and it's 90-plus degrees outside. It's tough. It's tough to serve something. Um, and that's something <laughs> we've seen a huge – there's a big difference between our, our storefront and the truck in that respect, which has been interesting to see, and and just it's just a different model. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I also I, – I got to stop in recently, and the store's been open on Park Ave for how long now? Honestly, I signed my lease in February of 2015, so two years was February. Really? We opened in May, so May will be two years of open. Wow. But February is two years of actually paying rent. It's already two years. I know. It, it is something. Um, yeah, it is. It's definitely something, and it's been... Uh, it's been different, like 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 I mentioned. It's it's been an interesting transition and a a um, something new to me and something that again we're our goal is to continue to improve uh, in everything we do there operationally and and obviously customer experience from a customer experience perspective from a food quality perspective 
um, from our own operations and operating a successful restaurant. We're just, you know, we're hoping to improve every day. And I think, I think we do that, uh, most days, you know? So, well, I mean, I, rem- I remember, I remember when it first opened and it was, it, it had a lot of good buzz behind it. And now you look, now you're, you're doing some renovations. You're looking at expanding your, you change your change your uh, layout a little bit inside. Yeah. Added a couple taps, which always a great idea. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Like that, and uh, you know it. it you, know, you change the layout a little bit of the place, and it makes it feel a little bit different. Which yeah. has to be nice. Yeah, it does. I I'm excited, um, and I don't know if we even said this, but but we did uh, close for about four days in in January. Thought it was a nice time to to close and be able to. Do a renovation, and what we did was basically build a lunch counter, and that's something I always wanted in there. And we and we initially opened the restaurant, and we were just like, "Wow, we've ran out, we've run out of room. We can't do this." And we probably could have if we knew more what we were doing. But um, <laughs> I, I always wanted this lunch counter because when I I really like eating at bars. It's my favorite. It's the best seat, and you know when I go to even here, I just had an amazing meal at Fiorella's Bar on. Uh, Saturday night, I walked in and, and Allie's like, "Do you have a reservation?" I said, "No, but I'd, I'd love to sit at the bar because I do love I, I do love sitting at bars." So, and we ate there, and I got to talk to Gino. I got to talk to Allie, the two owners and chef, and um, had a great meal. And it's just the best in my mind. I yeah. lo- I, I really do prefer doing that. So, and I always wanted that as part of our restaurant there, um, a lunch counter slash bar that works kind of as both. So, um, you know was in the in the same breath of trying to improve thinking how can we we have a very small space there and how can we improve our space how can we improve part of how can we improve as a business and we're doing a ton of delivery out of there we're doing a ton of takeout out of there you know we added beer wine and cider back in august and and i i want to be selling more of those things yeah because you guys embrace delivery yeah you know fairly early on yeah, we took a swing at it, and I think part of it is is that the parking situation on Park Ave is very tough. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's you know I've been in Rochester you know for out of college for oh god it's eleven years now almost twelve years, and I still hate parking on Park Ave. Yeah, it's the parking's a, it's, tough. I think I mean that's part of it. I think the other part of it is that it's like a food truck. I mean. Their businesses change, and the and food is being delivered. There are a lot of people that want delivery all the time. Yeah. I mean, Grubhub is huge. Online ordering is huge. It's not going away. They said the other day that the grocery business, online grocery business, is going to quadruple by 2020. You know, people want things delivered to them. We're impatient, or I guess. Yeah. I don't I mean, feel I'm as impatient as some of these other. You know, some people my age, but it, it's an it's like an instant gratification type thing, and. And so I think if we hadn't done that, we'd be missing out on on part of what a new restaurant a restaurant does. Some yeah. restaurants do right now. Well, and especially in that area, I mean, it's ripe for yeah. it's ripe for delivery because there's a concentration of housing. And it's a very dense area. Yeah. And a concentration of people who are who want what that they want delivery. Yeah, I think it does, and I think you see a lot of some of the places on Park Ave that have been there a long time have always done delivery. Um, but you know, I, part of reconfiguring the space there was that okay, we're doing a great job with delivery. We're doing a great job with pickup. We need the part we're missing a little bit. This restaurant isn't very comfortable right now. We need it needs to be more comfortable. It needs to entice people to come in, um, you know, dine in, 
have a drink or two, spend more time there. That was what I was feeling we were missing. We were doing good good dining business, but I felt we could be doing better dining business. And how could we do that? And and it required a shift in in the layout. And you know, I think the we've only it's only been a week over a week, but I think the response we've gotten has been very good. We have some some new kind of initiatives, I call them, but the, you know, some new things that we're going to do there that I had originally wanted to do from day one, but I didn't feel the space was very conducive to it. And um, and you know, I think you know when you think about it, with we may be serving, uh, we may be serving some of the best bar food you're going to get anywhere in town. Yeah, when you think of it like that, now you know what I don't know some other bars at our price point where you can go and get comparable food. No, absolutely, and it's so. You know, I'm just gonna extol your virtues for a second yeah. because you don't necessarily have to do it. Um, but when it comes to when it comes to barbecue, when it comes to, and I'll say specifically brisket, just because it's I'm the biggest stickler about it. There's nobody doing brisket better than Marty's on Park, and consistently fantastic stuff. Yeah. We figured that one out, and it's not something. I think what's unique about it is that not everyone figures that out. <clears throat> it's. I think it's at the same time one of the easiest and one of the hardest things to do because it's so simple. Yeah, but it's so finicky at the same time. You can mess it up really badly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a bad pe- when you get bad brisket, it's bad. I, I'm not going to name names because it's, <laughs> that's not what we're doing here today, no. but. You know, I went to a couple places, um, you know, this last year, and you know, pulled pork. You can a lot of people can do pulled pork average. Yeah, it's very forgiving. You can roast pulled pork yeah. in the oven, throw a little smoke in there, and it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, if you put it in liquid and just cook it in water, it's probably not going to be okay. Don't right. do that. Um, <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, pull, uh, shoulders are the, probably the most forgiving of anything you're going to do with yeah. a, a hog. Or with a barbecue thing, I think. I mean, absolutely. You, it's it takes a while to overcook them. Yeah, uh, it's pretty easy to figure out when they are done. If you can pull the shoulder blade out, they're done. Yeah, you know, so you really don't have this huge wind. Like, mar- there's not a big margin of error for screwing them up. You, yeah, you basically cook them anywhere between twelve and eighteen hours, and you're gonna it's gonna be edible. You're right. But and that when that brisket, brisket is not the same. Well, when it's bad, it's bad, and it's um, it's it's. It's come through trial and, and error, and um, it's come through, you know, really, and that's it, tra- trial and error. Yeah. And, and, and there's some, there's, there is some more behind it, um, you know, from temperature and from some of the things we do is, is very different than traditional barbecue. And some people, would, if they saw the way we do it, they'd say, oh, my God, that's way off. But I think it produces a better product, frankly, you know, than, than – um, a majority of people doing it. Yeah. Well, a lot of the traditional ways are exceedingly time consuming. Yep. And unless you're riding the pit every day for, you know, 10 hours a day, it's hard to make things perfect. Yeah. And I think that, I think there's, it's, you know, the other thing is that if you don't, if you're going to do it a certain way, so let's say we're going to do Texas style barbecue. Yeah. Open at lunch, go to sell out. What happens if you don't sell out? <laughs> you know what I mean, and oh, yeah. and that might be some of those bad experiences you have is because, you know, this isn't Texas, and maybe people aren't selling out of their stuff every day, but you know, there's there is a there's a different method to that, and it works there. Um, there's a bigger following of barbecue. 
You yeah. know, I think it could be great. I mean, I've I've a couple times thought like, oh man, maybe I should be at the market doing a Texas style open to sell out till three and and do it Thursday through Saturday and and really do it. But it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to where I want to take my business completely. Yeah. And um, and so the way that we're doing it is that I think it's you know any time of the day that you come into our restaurant. If, if it's 11 in the morning or if it's 8, 39 at night, you're going to get the same quality barbecue. And that's very rare. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, usually throughout the day, those things get worse because they're holding. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we um, back to my initial point is that, you know, I think with our reconfiguration, you sit at a bar, you can get, you can get a really, really quality item for less, 10 bucks or less. Our beers, we have some quality. We're gonna have we have some quality beers, but we also have some cheaper beers. I mean, we have two or three cans that are three bucks and three bucks or well, two fifty. And you're 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 a man who enjoys a you're I, a man who enjoys a cheaper beer. <laughs> I like cheaper beer, I which like, is kind yeah. of weird, one of the ways we we differ. I I, yeah. I I think it was the first time the first time I had was like a Bud Light or something. <laughs> was I was we were hanging out somewhere and I had one. I'm like I've never had a light beer before. Yeah, I think it was the first time. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I mean, there's part of it is like when you're cooking for a while, like barbecue type stuff, and if you do want to have a beer, you got to have like, you can't have like 10% alcohol beer. Yeah. You know, you can't do it and be around all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not going to like go well for you. Um, but, and part of it just might be like when I was in college, I mean, like we, we went, we, we lived on, I lived on the Long Island Sound on the beach and we drank cold light beer a lot yeah. of it you know it's a quantity over quality thing and i'm well aware that that is not the trend in beer right now um, no but it's you know it's still and especially amongst um amongst restaurant people it's still a it's still a thing people people still like it yeah i go i can go both ways you know i i, I can't i can't get behind i can't my taste buds i don't love ipas yeah you know and i i just don't and it's just they're overpowering to me I taste them for like, I feel like I, I just like, it's almost like a cigar effect for me. It's, you know, that flavor lingers. Um, I don't think they're super great with all foods. No, it's actually a challenging pairing, I think. Yeah. And, um, and they can, you know, so that's a personal thing. But I think, you know, what our beer selection there is kind of hyper local. We have about eight, eight bottles and cans and five of them are from Rochester. Yeah. Like city limits, Rochester. I mean, Genesee is still considered, you know, a local brewery. Yeah, but absolutely. Right? And it's uh, something I've talked to with, you know, a lot of local breweries, and they they love that Jenny's here. They love yeah. that they're a good uh, good steward of the community. I think Jenny's like the new PBR. Yeah, you and know, it, it's, it's happening it's, nationwide. It's, it's popping up on a lot of menus. I was just in New York uh, about a month ago, and I got a Jenny at, at uh, Mama Fuko. You know? Oh wow, that's <laughs> yeah, that's I know, crazy. right? Isn't it funny? And it's it was their it's their PBR. It's yeah. you know, and it's it's what's popped up as that the decent cheap beer on a on a a menu. Yeah. Um and that's great, you know, and so we have a variety of, of, of beers on there. We did put in a tap system or you know, it's two towers, it's nothing crazy. Um, which we're gonna have a little bit better quality stuff. Uh, Rock Brew is on there right now, their IPA series, and then we have a something from Galaxy, a coffee stout. Nice. And, you know, I think um, we have a great, you know, great selection of bottled and, 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 and beers there. Another thing I'm a big fan of, this may surprise you, is I like sparkling wine. 
Like, See, I'm not <laughs> sure I knew you like sparkling wine. Yeah, That's like awesome. a lot. Um, <laughs> and you know, one of our new things that we're doing at Park is a brunch. Is a brunch is Saturday nice. Sunday brunch that I'm really excited about. And what's better with brunch than sparkling wine, right? And it's pretty good. It's a good daytime drink again. As we get older, you know, I can't stay out till late at night. I gotta get if I'm gonna have a couple of drinks, it's gotta oh. be in the afternoon. You know, like I, I started, I started late. I started late with drinking, but it, and there's just been a couple nights where, like, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning, and I bounce between three different places, and oh, got it. I do have to get up in the morning. Yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, there's nothing, you know, a married man. There's nothing for me out there anymore at <laughs> one in the morning, and I can get, I can have my you know, Sunday afternoon drink and go home to my, my dog, cat, and wife. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I, I'm excited about the stuff we're doing there. <laughs> we're, we're doing um, also some of these beer can cocktails I'm excited about. So it's basically like creating a kind of, you know, taking some of these more basic beer lager type thing and adding some flavors and components to it. So we have Tecate on the menu because mm-hmm. we're doing this, the Tex-Mex Thursday, which is another thing I'm really I'm happy. I'm excited about, and you know, you know, you're taking your, you pop open your can of Tecate and you, you lose about an ounce of it. And, and then you put in lime and uh, hot sauce and salt. And then you just throw, you know, then that, they take it and they're drinking. And that's your, that. that's your Michelada. That's our Michelada. Exactly. Yeah. And that, um, that's something new we're doing. So these beer can cocktails I'm excited about. Um, I think, and again, the brunch thing, I'm really, really pumped about it. I'm very happy with our menu. Um, we have an, uh, you know, when I've been thinking about brunches, brunch like always like trends towards Southern, right? Doesn't it seem yeah, like it? Yeah, it seems like it, it's a lot of that. You know, you get your, your sausage gravy, you get your... Chicken and waffles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it suits it suits brunch it because does. you get your, your light bubbly cocktail with yeah. your with your big Southern, you know, biscuits and kind stuff. Kind of filling items and, yeah. and um, comfort-y type things. Absolutely. And so when I was looking at doing brunch, I was like, you know, I can't put chicken and waffles on this menu. I can, I just can't. I'm just not going to put chicken and waffles on the menu. I'm sorry. I'm just not. And then another one was shrimp and grits that I really like and make. We, we you know, we've done them for catering. We make a really nice dish, but I just felt it's on too many menus locally too. Yeah. So what is going to be different for us and what's going to, you know, it's going to still be in the realm of what we do well. And I've, we have this, and this, a, we're calling it an AM paella, which I'm really excited about. It's a and, good idea. Um, because I, I I don't know of a lot of paella places. Yeah, I can go. No, get we really paella. don't. We really don't have a Spanish um, Spanish focused restaurant yet here. Yeah, which is actually still a little. It's a little surprising. It is that we it haven't is. gotten a real yeah. Spanish influence I think place. Ox and Stone does a decent job. Yeah, I mean, they're it's it's like pan pan Latin. Yeah, a little Spanish, a little Mexican, a little South American. Um, but there's really no place that's you know, kicking you know kicking Spanish. No, I agree. Like the new place in Buffalo is. Um, What's that? Uh, oh wow! I'm gonna oh, I gotta get the name. Uh, oh, well, so it's, this dish, it's I'm... Arrow Arrow Bar de Tapas or something. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, Arrow Arrow Tapas <laughs> in uh, Buffalo. Um, it's uh, really I, I haven't been yet. I'm desperate to go. Yeah, but it's like a pure Spanish tapas. Interesting uh, menu, and they do a lot of uh, gin tonics as kind of the. Really? Core their cocktail menu, sounds interesting. Awesome. I've only yeah. heard great things about it. So I wanted this dish, and and rice is actually something we're using a lot more. Like you said about 
how our how our menu has changed since we started as a truck. Yeah, and you know, about a year ago, I was I'm a I read a lot with in terms of food and trying to just continue to educate myself. And I felt I looked at our menu and I said we're missing we're missing a component of our style food with rice. Rice is a big part of Southern food or or barbecue, even barbecue food or any of the, the Carolinas. Sure, rice is huge, and hot, we don't have it on our menu right now, and that's a that's a mistake. We need to fix that. And so we introduced this rice bowl, which something has, you know, gluten-free is huge right now, and rice bowls are all the rage. But of course. we kind of did this barbecue rice bowl, and it's, it's really done phenomenal. Um, and part of it, I, like I said, part of it was trend-driven in the sense that people want gluten-free options, and part of it was that I felt like we were excluding a major part of Southern cuisine with not having more rice component on our, on our menu. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity with flavor building, too. Yeah, it's a great vehicle. And so this paella, this AM paella dish was that same thing. Like, you know, I want to utilize a rice dish or the, you know, the shrimp and grits was really, but I don't want to do shrimp and grits. And, and so it's nice. It's got chorizo and shrimp and oh, an overabundance of that great crispy rice you're going to get oh, on the, the bottom of the pan. That is what I'm, I, I, I like how we're doing it. And I think when you try it, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. There's just a ton of that crispy riceness going on. It's so important. Riceness. Is that a word? Crispy I don't know. riceness? I don't know what to call that, but it's... I guess it'd be crispy. It's know. so important, and it, it shows up in two of my favorite dishes is when you get a... I mean, I've only had great paella a few times. I had one in Las Vegas at uh, Jose Andres's place yeah, okay. uh, out there, which was awesome. And then... Um, the other place it shows up is in Dolsat Bibimbap in Korean Bibimbap, food. exactly. And you get that great oh. bottom finish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I and, love that uh, so but much. But you go to Sodam, <laughs> yeah, and you can get a great Bibimbap. Yeah, I agree with you. And actually, um, the Bento Box, which is a, 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 I love their food, the food truck, their crispy fried rice has a similar component to it where you get all, a, a bunch of these um, yeah. bites to it. And um, so we have that, and then we're putting a Fisher Hill, you know, farm egg on top, a runny egg on top. And Love so Phil; he's a great guy. Yeah, and chipotle cream, and and um, it's a it's a really standout dish. I am very excited about it, um, and I think it's unique to any brunch menu that I, that I've been seeing. So, um, I, I'm excited about the brunch component we're doing. We're also doing. Not to just keep plugging what we're doing here. Whatever but, we, we we're finding interesting tangents yeah. to go on. So it's whatever. So we're uh, as happy. Keep hour. it rolling, Marty. Keep it rolling. <laughs> you can't add a bar and a lunch counter without happy hour, right? Yeah. So we're doing a um, we're doing a happy hour, and the food focus is going to be fried chicken. Um, yeah, like focusing on something because it's if you don't focus on something, it's not interesting. It's not different. Yeah, and and what's better at a bar during happy hour than we're doing our smoked wings and we're going to do a tender special and a, a, a chicken sandwich special. So those are the three uh, kind of focuses of our happy hour food item and or food menu. And I think uh, I think it should be good. You know, they're good stuff. Nice. All right, so I'm going to stop Marty's string of plugs, <laughs> and we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk lots of random food stuff and. Definitely some pizza. So, oh, yeah. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, everyone. I want to take a second to talk about a new project I'm part of that I'm really excited about called Frankly. Frankly is trying to bring transparency to food sourcing for restaurateurs, farms, and people that produce specialty goods. We want to make it easy to know that people are doing things the right way and to make it easy for people to find the places that are doing things the right way so you can grow your business 
because you care about what you're doing. If you have any interest in this product or just want to know more about it, you can email me, stromie at p-h-r-a-n-k dot l-y, or check out the website, frankly, p-h-r-a-n-k dot l-y. And we're back. So I think we're going to start off with... I think we're going to start off with pizza, even though I know it's dangerous, because uh, we start talking about pizza, and we could easily burn the rest of our hour and wherever we get to. Yeah, the pizza. We've talked about this pizza thing a lot. Pizza is kind of, I think that's our number one topic of conversation <laughs> when we're not, like, we're not in the same place, but one of us will end up at a pizza place, and we end up texting each other about it. Yeah, I uh, I was jealous when you were in Utica recently oh man and actually i'm i'm going back i'm going back next weekend really yeah i'm doing a um doing another this will be after this after this podcast goes out but um i'm going with uh chris clemens from exploring upstate again and we are going to we're doing a immigrant like immigrant refugee food place okay interesting so we're we're going through um different places um you guys a big bosnian population so, Interesting. Okay. so it's got like we're doing Bosnian, Lebanese, Vietnamese, chicken riggies. We're, we're, we're kind of <laughs> avoiding. We're avoiding all the uh, all the stuff we did last tomato time. Tomato pie. We, yeah, no we, tomato pie. No, we did, we did so much for last time. Yeah, which was one awesome, but we it was so Italian heavy. Yeah, we're kind of changing bents and doing the, um, doing the, you know the the diverse group of uh, diverse group of restaurants in yeah. that area. It's a actually a huge immigrant population in Utica, one of the biggest percentages okay. in I the didn't state. Know that. You know, it's funny when I was driving over here, I'm like, I know we're going to talk about pizza. Oh yeah, and um, in a good way. And I was like, man, I love pizza. But then I was like, <laughs> yeah, I love fried chicken, and I love this too, and I love. So I really, um, I just really like food. But <laughs> I was thinking about too. pizza. Yeah, and you know, I went to college in Connecticut, in oh. in, in Fairfield, Connecticut. I okay. played basketball at Fairfield University, and. I, I oh, wait. You played ba- you played basketball. Yeah, I've never heard you talk about that in an interview before. Do I? <laughs> no, everybody brings it up. Everyone brings it up, and I try to shy away from it a little bit. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it's I, I talked to you about it the first time, but yeah. like, I can only hear it so many times. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's not that great. No yeah. offense. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not. Yeah, I don't have that great of stories, but um, <laughs> I think the best style pizza in the. The, that I've ever had is New Haven style pizza. Did you have a favorite? Frank Pepe's. Okay, I mean yeah. that's well. The two legendary spots are Sally's and Pepe's. Frank and they're in, all in like right in the same. They're right across the street, right inside yeah. of Yale. Uh, I was in New Haven once, and I went. I went to Pepe's, the original. Yeah, um, which was awesome. And I had it actually recently in uh, in Boston. Yeah, they've op- they've expanded, and they yeah. I, well. So when I was at Fairfield, this is I graduated in two thousand eight. There was not one in Fairfield, which is about thirty miles south, or actually technically east in the way, yeah. can, but of uh, from New Haven. So the, you had to go up to New Haven to get Pepe's Pizza, which was a fun trip. Anyway, yeah. so twenty five miles on ninety five. That little stretch, that little Italy stretch, right in that town, yeah, yes, where there's like there's a ton of interesting places. I think there's like three or four of that. The, that brick uh, are they brick oven? It is brick. It's I think it's coal. Oven. It's coal fired, but they have these giant. Their ovens, like Pepe's really oven, deep. is supposed to be like 
a hundred years old and never have gotten cold and all this crazy stuff about it. So you I mean, know? why don't you? I mean, I could describe it. Why don't you? Why don't you talk about what the pizza is like? To me, it's a combination of Neapolitan and New York style pizza in the sense that it doesn't have the big crown. Okay, it's more thin. It's crispy, but very the leopard so. print is very evident, like you would get on a Neapolitan-style pie. Yeah, hot temps. Hot, very hot temperature ovens. Yeah. And the in, unique, unique thing about Pepe, well, Pepe's has a great clam pizza. That's what it's, they're kind of known for. It's really something else. Yeah, and it's a what, you know, white pie, which I don't love. I prefer red sauce, but this one is is great. White pie, you know, clams, bacon, chili chili flakes. It's just yeah. it's super. And the, the funny thing about Pepe, there's no shape to their pies. They're it's really amoeba, weird, isn't it? They're these big amoeba pies, and they come out on sheet trays. Yeah, and they don't cut them in any any no, regimented way either. You could get a normal slice, or you could get like this very strange slice. There's no there's no method to the cutting. You're right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but I think it's great. And when I was driving here, like I said, I was thinking about pizza, and I was thinking about uh, how great of a time it is to be eating. Period in Rochester right now. Oh, it's amazing. But think about the pizza right now. You got just last week. I went to Bronca Midtown and and Fiamma in the same day. Yeah, right. And Bronca Midtown is and it, it's actually I, I went there not that long ago. It's actually a really interesting hybrid of styles. Yeah, it's not a Neapolitan style pie. Yeah, it's it's the dough is it's actually the dough is the same dough they're using out in uh, Bronca Victor. Yeah, but they're using a gas oven, so the temps don't go over like six or six fifty. In that oven, so you're getting that hybrid of Neapolitan dough in a quieter oven, so you don't get that big spring. Yeah, I didn't see the big poof on the crown, right? Yeah, so I mean, you're getting some of the you know nice bubbling on the on the crust, you know, the micro bubbles, the blisters almost. Yeah, kind of like you'll see on a great bagel. Um, so it's actually an interesting hybrid. It I was mean, a good pizza. Yeah, it was. I got their bron- we we got their bron- we were saying we're going to Fiamma tonight. But we're like, we're there. Let's get a let's taste it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, there's a man after there's my a own couple heart. of us. Yeah, that's what we were like. Let, we'll just get a pizza, and it was a really good pizza. Now, then we went to Fiamma about three hours later, and we got a crazy good Neapolitan, authentic Neapolitan style pizza. Yeah, and they were different, but both equally good pizzas. Yeah. Um, and then I just last week I was at Fiorella and had a phenomenal pizza. His dough is unbelievable. It's so tasty. It's I mean, it's it doesn't get to like to the same appearance levels that you know uh, Giuseppe's doing over at uh, yeah. Fiamma, but that three days that three day natural ferment. Oh, it's There's a lot really of flavor something. to it. Yeah. And then I was like, a couple weeks before that I was at Rocco and I had a great clam pizza. So I was thinking when I was thinking about this pizza thing, I'm like I could go to Rocco, Fiorella, Fiamma, these are just sit-down places. Yeah. And Bronca Midtown right now, in maybe like a mile and a half square area, and get phenomenal higher-end pizza. But think about, think about what, a year ago, a year, maybe two, yeah. year and a half ago. You just had Rocco. Just had Rocco. Yeah. And now three more all in the city area. I remember when Fiamma opened, there was nobody trying to do that stuff here. The one in Gates. Oh, yeah. No. When Fiamma opened in Gates, it was so different because nobody was doing it yet. And we would go out there and eat, and uh, and the pizza was just remarkable. You know, it's just like this is – and it was so quick. You'd see him slide it in, huh. and then, like, all of a sudden it's in front of you, and it's like the crown on his pies are crazy. 
and the coloring is crazy and and the cheese you know his cheese is like barely melted it's, of how, it's very interesting oh, that's great and he's you know and on top of it he's you know very into what he's doing <laughs> there, there's nobody more passionate about what he's doing specifically than than him i yeah i love the guy and you know he, he's a passionate guy from top to bottom there's no and doubt about and it it's, it's great because you know when people ask me about barbecue like we were talking about the brisket i could immediately be like well you know the reason their brisket isn't good is because they didn't get the fat to 203 degrees yeah. like like you know that's the part where it goes from collagen to gelatin and that's where you get some of the and so you know i really appreciate that um, when you do something day in and day out, you should take it serious, and yeah. and it's good for him to. It's great because his product is great. All the, all four of those places, um, are are putting out great stuff. I guess spend more time at Rocco. It's phenomenal. I, I feel so bad. I, Mark is truly one of my favorite people, um, in food that I've ever met. I, I need to talk to him because I'm I'm fascinated by that place. Yeah, because it's such, it's consistency at work, and I, I love that. It's uh it's a great restaurant, period. Yeah. Um it is you get great food uh every day. You know what you're you know, you know what you're gonna get. He's um he's he's a great guy to talk to. He lo- you know, he he um he's just a great guy and I, I've all, I've gotten a, a chance to to get to know him the last couple years and always I can always enjoy going in there and talk and sitting at the bar and eating and talking to him. It's just um you know he's he's a great guy, period, yeah. and he's a great chef, and he runs a great restaurant. Well, we <laughs> we, co- we covered we covered our sit down pizzas. Yeah, so now yeah, right now now we're talking about now we're talking about the true pizza. I do like how you categorize it as sit down because I said higher end, but I don't know if the, but sit down is better. Yeah, because there's so many places I really respect that don't have sit down places or places you really don't want to sit down in. <laughs> Why not? I mean, but think about when you go to when you go to New York. I mean, pizza's huge right now everywhere, right? Absolutely. And you can go to your sit-down places, but you can go to your counter places too. And it's my my one my my two sisters live in uh, Manhattan, and my brother lives in Manhattan in Tribeca, and and my sister other sisters are in Nolita. And around the corner from my sister's place, old place on Mott Street, is Prince Street Pizza. Oh, okay. Which is just is better than than people say it is it's it is phenomenal and yeah. it's the Sicil- it's sicilian square you know it's this pan do you ever think there'd be a resurgence of pizza hut pizza <laughs> yeah and i love it so much yeah the pan pizza i love square pan pizza it's it's completely underrated it's it so good and it's getting a lot of love and my brother i talked to him last night he's like i said he's in tribeca and he's watching the super bowl and he waited seven hours for a Prince Street pizza <laughs> yesterday. From when they ordered it to when it finally got to him was seven hours. Oh my god! And he sent me a picture, and it was it was amazing. Yeah. And uh, and even my dad was down in New York for visiting my sisters. He ended up he has business down there. He's there for a month. And my sisters claim he ate Prince Street pizza like twenty four days of the month. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped in and got a slice twenty four days or some some ridiculous amount of days. Oh. But yeah, there's some good spots, and I coming over here. I'm not going to give away your address here or anything. But no, I said, it doesn't matter. Right around the corner there, Guida's is putting out a mean grandma, you know, the grandma grandpa style. They're calling it, which is that that Sicilian square. Yeah, and that's or Detroit style. Yeah, it's it's it. like it's like halfway in between. It's not quite to Detroit style because 
that's it's a Detroit's a little bit deeper. Cheese right to the edge where it's getting that crispy sides. Yeah. They're not explicitly doing that. Sometimes they do it on accident and it's awesome. <laughs> um but that that Detroit style I hadn't I've never actually been to Detroit, but I had it in San Francisco at the um, Detroit Pie in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. There's this fascinating place in San Francisco. If you ever find yourself there, I'll tell you to go. This place is Tony's Pizza Napolitana. Yeah, I've heard of this. And uh, it's such a crazy idea what he does. He has all these different ovens in the place. Okay. So for um I'm just off the top of my head, he has a Neapolitan oven for for Naples pizza, uh, for classic. He's got deck ovens for New York style pizza. He's got an electric oven for the Detroit style. Like a he like an impingement impingement oven? I don't know. Through? I don't oh. know exactly how it, I think it was an electric oven that's specifically for cooking that kind of pizza. Interesting. And he's got like four or five different kind of ovens in there. And he's popping out four or five different style pies. Even more just yeah. because you know some of them are you know they've you know slide in between. But the guy's doing all these all these styles and doing them all fantastically. Yeah, it's just fascinating place. Um, really, really cool. And as a pizza nerd like me, yeah, that's the kind of place you you kind of like. Oh, I could go here every day of the week and get something different. This <laughs> yeah, is cool. it'd be interesting. Where do you go get a slice here, though? Let's oh, talk geez. about the take your, your, so carry out slices. I'm not a slice guy. You know, my my buddy who. Who used to do the uh, rock uh, the pizza blog, the Rochester yeah. pizza blog? He's a slice guy. I'm. I think when you're talking about New York style, I think there's really only, you know, two two maybe three places that kind of even compete at the same level, and that's your Pizza Stop yep. and your uh, Joe's Brooklyn. I, you know, I haven't had enough Joe's Brooklyn, but Pizza Stop, I agree with you. <laughs> it's thin. I almost and now this is this is the Rochesterian in me. <laughs> I like the Pontillo slice. You know what? I it, there's there's something about it. Yeah, it's completely fundamentally wrong. Yeah, in a lot of ways. And I'm again, I I don't think it's it's just not the same as a classic. I think Pizza Stop and Joe's Brooklyn hit that classic New York yeah. style. Um, but that Pontillo's, I mean, I'll still order it. Yeah. And I and like the slices from it because I always yeah. again when I was in Connecticut there it's was a the, place they're thin crust yeah the thin crust yeah and but there's a place Naughty Dolphin that was at the Fairfield uh, train stop and these guys were they came from they were up in New Haven forever and you could go in there and you could get slices which is very different than that New Haven style pie but the reheat on that on a slice to me is much better than getting a whole pie it I it just there's something you know it just it holds better. You get more of that, you know, like with with Pontillos. If you go in the base in Pontillos and you get a slice or two, it's really good. See, that's where I got to go down there. I, yeah, and I'm I'm right around the corner from one too. Yeah, but I think oh, I this need, one I've never been to that one. I, think, I have, but I've never. It's been a long time. Yeah, I think I need to make the trip out there. The base, um, yeah. yeah. But, but I think the problem for me with slices is that I actually don't like. I don't like the reheat. I don't like that. Really, I think it throws it out of balance. Hmm. I think that it that over crunch. Yeah. I think it's too much, and I think it throws it out of balance. Interesting. Actually, my preference is right out of the oven. Right. Um, and I, I kind of uh, I liken it back to bagels. Um, and kind of stealing this from this one. stealing this from <laughs> one of my favorite uh, writers online, uh, Kenji Lopez Alt at Serious Eats. Um, you know, the bagel is best if it's fresh out of the oven, where yeah. it's still crispy, warm on the inside, and soft, because you're getting that contrast of textures. When you get that reheat, 
it's all crunch. Yeah. And you kind of lose some of that subtlety. Unless it's from Pontillo's because it's over it's it's thicker than it should be. <laughs> then yeah, you get it both. Yeah, if you're if you're talking <laughs> thick, yeah, yeah, the thick Pontillos. Because then they got the then they got the they their crust is very doughy. That's true. That's kind of the Rochester Buffalo style where yeah. it's like a thick base crust. It's somewhere it's past the, 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 the doughiness is well past like a New York style pie. Yeah. Um Maybe we just call it our Western New York style pie. Yeah, because I mean, Buffalo's is specific, while Rochester's a little more amorphous. Yeah, Buffalo style is definitely sweeter, sweeter sauce. Yeah, uh, a lot of mozzarella, cup and char pepperoni, heavily cup and char. Yeah, yeah, you got to go cup and char. <laughs> it's the way to go. But there's a lot of pizza, and there's a lot of um, again, there's it's a, there's a very this is a very good time to be. So when I was in high school, there's there was nowhere near. This is ten, jeez, uh, high school, it's like fourteen <laughs> I, years I ago. I know, right? There's nowhere near this abundance of good food. No, in Rochester, New York. And then I took myself. I went to Connecticut, which was thirty miles outside Manhattan. There was abundance of great food everywhere. Right, like the deli was huge, and you know, right outside New York, huge delis everywhere. Which I'm, you know, I you guys are doing barbecue. Yeah. I'm still waiting for somebody. I'm waiting for a deli too. I'm still waiting I, for I somebody to, to do it to do it from scratch deli work. Yeah. I mean there's places doing some decent deli stuff here, but they're not doing the from scratch deli work. No, I hear you. I, I think it's I think it's still something that we could that could really pop here. Well, I mean there's well. there's been artic- there's been some interesting articles in the New York Times lately about th- how many fewer delis there are even in Manhattan right now than Absolutely. there was 20, 30 years ago. The population that eats that food predominantly is is not as big, right? Yeah. And um, I think the margins, they talk about the margins aren't really there. But if you go and ask the guys that own Katz's, they'll tell you the margins are just fine, <laughs> right? Well, but it helps Carne- when you're- Carnegie Deli just closed yeah. two, a month ago. You know, the deli is kind of this dying type of restaurant. Yeah. But if there was a great one in Rochester, I think people would go to it. I think so. I think so for sure. I hope I hope so. It's one of it's one of those weird weird things that I, I remember somebody before I started writing restaurant reviews wrote an article about oh this place opened we really needed this kind of thing here. You know what place really was something mm. and it didn't get the love it, it was that baked and carved. Oh. That was a I loved that place. It was a great premise. It probably needed a different location well have you have you met john before no but i know you've talked to him a lot but but when you think about it that's kind of the best it was was a bakery and a deli kind of combined and it it was it was probably the most earnest effort at making that happen yeah and unfortunately he got more sick and couldn't keep on going with it um but that was it was probably the most earnest effort at doing a real I almost think about because when you go to these places, like you go to Katz's, Katz's doesn't bake their own rye bread. Yeah, that they was could, crazy. You could never do that. No, and, and really, they only do they only do a few meats fresh, right? And you can only do a few things. And and if you're ever gonna do this stuff to where you're doing enough of it to where you're actually making like some really good money, yeah, you can't. It's very hard to do all that stuff. Of course it is. You know, like if I, I remember two years ago uh, or a year and a half ago, I switched to the Martin's potato bun. I remember. <laughs> I switched. I said, I'm switching. <laughs> you know, we were using Marcello's rolls, which I love them. Me too. I felt I'm a like huge fan. There were too much bread. I kept saying, there's too much bread here. We're smoking this stuff for 16, 18 hours. The, folk, this, the bread is overpowering this. I don't want that to be the focus. I want it, It's wrong. Like, and um, 
I had been in New York and I'd been at Shake Shack and I took yep. a, I took a bite of a you know I had a burger and I'm like, you know this this bun is like good but it's kind of like not overpowering and it's and it all you know it, it makes sense with I feel like it tastes great with barbecue it's a potato bun it can hold up and so I called Martin's and you know I figured out it was a Martin's potato bun which. Uh, I guess is the best-selling hamburger bun in the world. It's amazingly popular. It, yeah, and it's not so much here in Rochester. At the, no. You know, and so I called them. I said, how do I get this to Rochester, New York? And the, the closest they were going was Syracuse. So I called the distributor in Syracuse. I said, will you bring these to us? And he said, sure, but I mean, we paid 50 bucks a week extra to yeah. have, have them drive them from Syracuse to here. And then about uh, And then we switched them. And at first, I got some pushback. Including you, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were saying, this, this isn't a Marcellus Roboa. Yeah. And uh, and then, like, a, a year, the second year, Wegmans took Martin's potato, in Rochester took Martin's potato, so they opened up a warehouse here. Oh, yeah. So now, you know, we don't need to have this special delivery, and and now it's, like, a part of our brand that I couldn't go away from. Yeah. And at the same time, and there's some, there's a different component to it, to what I was originally talking about, that I can't, I couldn't bake, I couldn't you know, have an extreme focus on the bread and the proteins like we're doing to the level that we're, you know, when we're in peak season, we're doing. It's just not not really possible um, to no. do both sides of that. No, it's, it's crazy. Um, the level of dedication, if you want to do things at that level, is ridiculous. You would have to do, like, one bread and one protein, and that's all you do. And that's actually kind of what kind of what uh, John was doing. He was rotating proteins. He yeah. wasn't – he was only doing, like, two. Like, well, like cats is. I mean, they're yeah. – they're, plowing out pastrami yeah they don't and need they to do, do anything else brisket maybe and they do turkey but that's it I mean, yeah pastrami and rye boom yeah. boom it's like poutine over and over sandwich. i'm not letting go of that martichello <laughs> thing by the way <laughs> really you I'm still not... haven't converted to no it? no really the, the best sandwich i ever had in rochester was i think the first pastrami i had from you yeah and it might have been at the food truck the rodeo, rodeo yeah. and it was a it was the pastrami studded mustard with mm-hmm. the pastrami I think it might have had sauerkraut on it, and it was on that roll, and it was, it's maybe the best sandwich I've ever had in Rochester. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it's still <laughs> it's it's still great, and I'm I don't hold it against you, but it's so now we've we've uh, one of the new th- we're doing these couple of daily specials, and Friday is pastrami. Yeah, we're doing it all there, and so we're doing a pastrami and rye, which is still not the Marcellus one, and we're doing a Cuban style with oh. with a pastrami. <clears throat> so wait, it's to like do all it. these all these plays on pastrami, and it's still very good. I mean. Maybe we'll bring back the Marcellos just for Friday, but <laughs> you know I'll be, I haven't been back. So we used to buy tons of rolls. From oh, Marcellos. I'm sure. I have not been back since I switched over because I liked those guys so much, and I thought they were going to be so disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, I haven't gone in and bought anything since then. It's been two years. I got to go back and get because they have these steak bombers that are like oh, have they're you ever crazy, had? aren't they? They're huge. They're absolutely huge. It's the the stuff they do. These these sandwiches they do. We're uh, the place I work um, for real work isn't that far away, and sometimes we buy lunch from there. The guys at work and the sandwiches they do are just ridiculous. How They're much huge, is on those things? Huge. And they, you know, talk about they were talking about pizza. You know, Pontillas has a unique pizza style. Marcello's has a unique bread style. Yeah, because that is not typical. No, not especially I mean, not in Rochester. No, it's a you know it's very doughy. Again, it's doughy. It's, it's it's a hard like, hard roll. Yeah, it's and some of them you'll get them and they're like, you you question if they're totally cooked at times. 
you sometimes you question if they're fresh. I mean, they're <laughs> so hard. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's such a it's an it's a variable product. It's not super consistent. Um, sometimes it's really good though. Sometimes it's really good. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. Let's I don't know. Let's let's pivot off of pizza, even though we can keep on talking yeah. about it. Um, what else has been interesting in the food side of things? I mean, you're 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 like me. We're we go out a lot because I think we both love the we love interesting we love new we love exciting yeah and and my wife too is from you know her, her family's in the food business she me and her have a a, a food bond in the yeah. sense that we like to you know it's funny i'll like work a whole day in food and then i'll get we'll say oh i may have off on a night and she's like what do you want to do I'm like well, we're going out to dinner what do you mean what, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do what, what do you mean <laughs> so we go out to eat a lot and you know i think that's what's become very great you know nice about the um the food community here is that I do want to support people that are doing the right thing and the, and doing a good job at it. Yeah. You know, I love nothing for me whenever I see an order on Grubhub and I know the, who it is in their chef, you know, I, if I'm in the store, if I'm, or I get the Grubhub thing to my I call and I say, look, that's the chef for this. And you, you always want to make sure that your food is perfect for another guy in your industry. Yeah. It's a compliment that they're ordering from you. It's a compliment that they, you know you want them to really say, "Wow, these guys are doing a good job." And any of my any of the cooks, I say, "You got to, you know, these guys that are cooking for me, they're cooks. You should, you know, you should. It's an honor to be sending it to a head chef at another place or an owner of another establishment, and them judge. You know, I, I'm happy to see that. I, I think it's a great compliment when those people are buying food from us, and I and I feel the other way around that. You know, I want to be out there, and I want to know owners. I want to be talking to them about stuff like this. I want to support them, um, and I just enjoy going out to eat too. I, I've Absolutely. always, you know, part of me getting in the food business was a love of food, right? It, it wasn't a love of doing dishes. You it and wasn't me both, buddy. Yeah, it wasn't a love of, um, you know, cr- crunching numbers and, and pricing out a menu. It was a love of food. And it kind of gets you back to that. You yeah, know, you go absolutely. out and you're just enjoying yourself and you can have that conversation and you can kind of relax and just enjoy it in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And like I said, I fear just uh, anytime I go out, it's um, – and lately I haven't been doing it as much. But over the years, I mean, I, I eat out way more than I should. <laughs> um, yep. But uh, – <laughs> You know, I'll go back to this Rocco and Fiorella at, at Fiorella. Um, what day was it? I don't know. Well, it was Friday. It was last Friday, and um, you know, I was sitting at the bar, and, and Ryan Jennings, a guy that I, I, I he was a chef where I, I cooked my at the first restaurant, was sitting two down from me, and Gino's really talented out of the, guy, super talented guy, and Gino's coming out of the kitchen and talking to us, and he's always fun to talk to him. And He's another guy. I'm really getting. I'm really enjoying getting to know him. Super guy. Really fascinating guy. Yeah, yeah. He's really, really super, and he's very humble. Absolutely. Right. Like you talked about his food, and he's always downplaying. He's, well, this is you know simple food, and it's not simple to make pizza dough like that. No. I couldn't do it in a million years. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, because I was with my dad and my good friend, and my good friend had lived in Italy for two years, and but had never been to Fiorella, and was saying, wow, this stuff is really good. And um, he said, yeah, you know, it's pedestrian. We're, we're doing pizzas and pastas. That's what he likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's his line, right? And it's um, – but it, the food is really good, and it was a really nice experience. And, like, you know, again, I somehow managed to make Rocco on my way home all the time. And, 
can sit at the bar and get a really nice experience. You got to support people that are doing, putting everything they have into their business, that are doing it the right way, that are putting out a good product. Why wouldn't you support them? Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, that's a part of it. And the other part is I, I like their food. <laughs> I like their food. <laughs> I like the beverage. You know, I like to go out and eat and drink. I, my family does it a lot. And, uh, it's always been a big, you know, part of like family, uh, our family dynamic is that we would, we go out to dinner. Yeah. And, um, so I think it's really exciting what's going on. I, I think everyone's saying this, but I'm going to reiterate it yeah. in the sense that this is a great time to be in Rochester and eating. This is a great time to be in the Finger Lakes and eating and drinking. And I'm really excited to go to, um, FLX <laughs> table. I'm going to go in March. Oh. Are you? Yeah. I, I, I'm desperate to go. I really need to go. Um, and I've been, I went to Geneva twice this summer and walked the town thinking maybe this is next. Geneva's popping so yeah. much. And there's so many amazing places popping up there in a town. You know, it's in a lot of ways, it's in the middle of nowhere. It is. It's interesting, but it, it's in the middle of, of, of that region, though. Yeah. And, you know, and it's very, um, we went out to, you know, Herman Weimer is an amazing. Their dry, I mean, their Riesling is just awesome. Yeah, we went out to re, we went out to that side of Seneca, and we went to the FLX Weenery. I went there. This fun. it was so much fun. Yeah, and what a great place it is! It's a fun spot. Um, and we came back. We had dinner at Sabo. Food was very good. Um, FLX uh, table at the time was not open because I think he's all over the place. It seems yeah. like. I follow him on social media, and he's like living the life. He's uh, uh, teaching classes and doing all these things. But looking forward to doing that. So both these regions, Rochester and the Finger Lakes, it's it's a super time to be around here if you like food and beverage. It's amazing. It is amazing. And I, I think for me, the place I need to spend more time uh, on the Finger Lakes, and yeah. especially I need to pop to Geneva more. It's hard because like. Um, I think you were actually, you actually came out with us to uh, Kindred Fair when we yeah went we out. oh we went to Kindred Fair I forgot about that yeah that was awesome that was very good I can't I I feel silly for not mentioning that yeah um, because they're a big player out there right now too yeah that was that was a blast and like I've been back since that place was awesome it was good and like I'm I'm excited to do and you can walk around that town yeah and there's a dive bar called Pinkies. That I went into, and I could I got a Coors Light for two dollars and twenty five cents. <laughs> I and mean, a happy so Marty. like, for, yeah, for me, I go down the, I go to Pinkies, I'd have eight Coors Lights for two dollars and twenty five cents, <laughs> and then I would go to FLX Stable, yeah, and do the. He's got this big pimp in uh, wine pairing. I know I, it's like I'm 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 not a I'm not a wine snob, but I'm so tempted just to go and say I did it. You yeah, did I you agree. do it? No, no, I'm saying or being you, able yeah. to say. Yeah, it's I a, did it. Yeah, it's um. I mean, I, when a master sommelier served me mm-hmm. the best wine he could get, I agree. I, I think mean, it's something you don't want to. You don't want if you enjoy this, this you know what we're talking about. I don't think you miss that. No. Um. You know, I've had I've got a chance to do it in some bigger cities at some good places. Um. I don't know if it'd be as interesting as it would be over in Geneva when you see a spot and you, and there's a place next to him called Left Bank. And yeah. it's like a party. It's like a, a event space. Okay. It's an old bank. It is one of the most, I mean, Linden Street there is really beautiful. It's very cool. And Left Bank is one of the cooler spaces I've ever seen. And uh, it's just, it's it's great. I mean, it's, it's like when, I'll go back to the basketball, right? It's like when you're playing basketball or you're playing a sport, Yeah, you want to play against the best guys all the time. 
you want to be around the best guys all the time. That's how you get better. And it's the same with this. Like you finding competition is good, right? Absolutely. You're finding competition in, in Rochester and in Finger Lakes and these talented people that are overall raising the standard and level of what's going on. Yeah. And that's, you know who that's great for? That's great for customers. You know, and that that's and it's great for restaurants to be pushed, and uh, it's great for customers because they have options to get to get quality stuff, you know, left and right. Yeah. Right. I mean, think about South Clinton Avenue right now. Think of how how different that was not you that would, long ago. No, I mean, you would have Ming. I mean, you could have right. gone to Ming before and Shiki and Shiki, and now you can like you could walk it if you want to absolutely and you could dip you know duck in into a couple different places and get some great stuff yeah you can walk i mean from from that end just that end alone you go to shiki you go to ming you go to um the ethiopian place right there's a meta yeah right you can go down and then you start walking down you've got georgie's on the one side which Still a cool uh, place doing uh, like Puerto Rican food. Yeah, and this this what not really a Cuban but monstrosity it's a good sandwich. That, yeah. It's really fantastic. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you you know Georgie's. Then you've got um, you know uh, flavors of Asia. You've yep. got White Swan Asia Cafe, Swilburger, Swilburger Playhouse. Then you've got the Cub Room, and McCann's. you've got McCann's. Yeah, all before you turn onto Gregory Street. I know. It's and actually, that, that that diner right down the street from there, Highland Diner. No, no, yeah, Highland, Highland, though. Highland Diner's right there, and I think it's like Pat's Coffee Mug or something. Pat's Coffee Mug. I've never been in. It is the epitome of an old school diner lunch counter. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, lunch counter yeah. diner. It was the cheapest breakfast sandwich I've ever bought. Was that good? Ah, it, was, it was. It was exactly what you'd expect it to yeah. be. Yeah. See, and I'm it, waiting it, for like Pat's Coffee Mug to become Pat's Whiskey. Something because it'd be a great like you know super bourbon centric bar. Yeah, just don't ch- don't change the sign. Just cross out. <laughs> yeah, it's coffee. got a great hanging hanging sign. You're right. Yeah, it's an old school. No, you know, that, not no offense to the people that own and operate Pat's Coffee Mac. I hope you're there course. forever. But it's just the way that the that neighborhood is it's the hipsterization of the neighborhood. Go. Yeah. And then you go to university. You know, Park Ave is still Park Ave. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't dropped. There's uh, tons of options on Park Avenue. Um, but university has really exploded, and I think it's only going to get more so. I do too. And you know, you got the Joe Bean thing on there. There, yeah. Uh, I like Mueller's next to it too. I'm a cider. It's a guy. fascinating place. Yeah, I like cider. It's another one of those kind of lower alcohol day drinking things you can do and still drive home and <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> continue on. I got to get day. you into the uh, into the gozas and the sours. I do. I don't mind those. I had some of those this summer. We carried one. We carried that. Uh, I think we, we carried that Anderson Oarsman Ors- Ale. Okay. Yeah. Um, they had a sour, pretty good. It wasn't super super sour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely a, a refreshing beer that I could have a couple twelve packs of. <laughs> <laughs> Not the uh, the twelve point. You know the twelve percent ones that I. Can, yeah, my can the have. twenty ounce eight percenters that are sitting in my fridge. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, not to keep going with this, but think about the market district too. Oh, I'm the public market district, which to me is just Fiorella. I love that they're there. I think when um, when you mentioned before, when you mentioned that Texas style barbecue, yeah, like that strip on the side there, I I don't care anymore. It's 
that strip, the fact that there's wholesalers still on that strip where Flower City Bread is, mm. where Cure is, and where Fiorella is, is a complete waste of that space. You could you could make that a dining district where it would be that it strip. Would be, yeah, I agree. That strip should be a destination for Rochester. We've already got three places there that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, between that, the bakery, oh, Flower Cure, City Bakery, yeah, and Fiorella, those are awesome places. That should be the specialty shop and high-end dining capital of Rochester. Yeah. And it's it's really crazy that we still have distributors there. It's it's a complete waste. It yeah, you know, they've been there for a while. Flower City I know. Produce has been there for a while. I know, and, know I, Sam I, and um but maybe you're right if there's some uh collaboration and some shifting or whatever it is, reorganization there, I think you would you're right. You have a you have that backbone there already, um, and um, you would probably add. Um, you could add some great other options there too, and something like that. And and I'm not. And when I say that, I'm not joking. I mean, hey, I, I've con- I've all I've thought a number of times about the market in a Texas style open to sell out type place on the weekends. That's I think the place where it could work. That's where it works. That's almost one of the only places it works yeah. in the city of Rochester. It can't work on Park Ave where I am. There's no room. <laughs> There's no space. No. But um, it could work there. There, there's so many fascinating things that could work there. I picture it like as the, you know, the Ferry Plaza Market in yeah. San Francisco. That concentration of, you know, specialty products. The concentration of these fantastic, casual-ish restaurants. Yeah, and but high-end casual-ish, and it's it has so much potential, especially with the market revamp. The market stuff, yeah, and, and everything you have else. Your, you have your built-in. It's like a built. It's like an ecosystem. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's this this communal you know symbiotic relationship. All those places would would feed off each other, and um, I hear you. <laughs> you know, I definitely hear I'm, you on that one. I I don't know. I I don't. I'm probably going to get more vocal about it because it's for me. It's it's the place with the single most potential in Rochester when it comes to food. I agree. I think the market is um, is definitely a treasure of downtown Rochester. Yeah, I mean, you may not. You could say it's technically not in uh, Center City, but it it's it's like 0.7 miles from there. Yeah, and it's this. Um, it's got a great feel to it. And look at, I mean, you say, oh well, you know, at night. I think some people could say, oh, at nighttime, you may not want to go there. But look at the food truck rodeos. I mean, yeah, thousands of people went there, go there at nighttime. Absolutely. And um, and I agree. It's it's something that. You got a good thing going. Make it. How can you make it better? Right. Always be looking to make make it better. And and you may have some. Uh, you know you, that would what you're suggesting may be take some maneuvering. But Absolutely. Maybe it maybe it is possible. Um. And just to segue into what else is going in downtown, and because my wife would probably kill me if I didn't mention this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Is yeah. about the incubator, her, the kitchen incubator that's going to be going at. Um, and I'm excited to mention it too, not just because my wife would be. Married. No, it's a fascinating idea. I, uh, I love the idea so much. Yeah, this kitchen incubator that's going to be going at uh, the the former Chase Tower, which is uh, the Metropolitan there, and um, another. You know, the only other place where I'd like to see it would be maybe the market, right? Yeah, something like that would make sense. Where and what it, it's a commissary is called, and uh, what it is is a basically a, a think tank, but in kitchen form. 
um, kind of, and it's an accelerator. It's a business accelerator. And so it's, it's, it's a combination. Exciting. Combination. You don't have to own your own kitchen space. Right. In combination, getting advice on how to run a, a food a business. business. Yeah. And it's so. And 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 she asked me to be on this advisory committee type of thing, and I don't know why, but. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, if I, four years ago, when I opened the food truck, you know, didn't have a commissary. We do now. We have our own our own commissary now in East Rochester. But let's say we, we didn't at that time. We didn't at that time. How nice it would have been compared to building out our own commissary <clears throat> to be able to rent a space, you know, so not a lot of capital out of your pocket. And to be able to rent a space to start, to give your idea a go. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great components of it. And. And I think being in right there on Main Street is going to be a really interesting thing. And uh, uh, it's just a, a more to what there's some really good stuff going on here. Um, I'm I'm so happy to be a part of it. Um, yeah. You know, with, um, you know, I'm part of uh, working with the guys at uh, Frankly. Yeah. And that's at High Tech Rochester, which is right in the Sibley building. And with stuff going to, you know, that building, I, I'm – I'm getting so much more engaged with the downtown area and I'm really loving it. It's um, really growing on me fast. You know, the, the life that's popping into that area now. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. There's talented people here. I mean, there's, there's really are high tech Rochester, I think is would people be blown away when you hear some of the businesses that are coming there that are in, in, in that, what would be the word? They're an accelerator type thing. Yeah, well, absolutely. But, Startup um, accelerator. Sure. And you know, like Datto, I think is one of them there. That that's just the the growth that they're having and the success. You you and you walk through downtown, and you say, no, they're on the third floor there. And some people say, what do you talk? What do you mean? Yeah. And they're right there. And um, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the food world. And and there's actually quite a bit with the tech world, like you met, you know, said that, that's going on. And um, this incubator is really a unique blend and something that Rochester needs. It Absolutely. does need it. Um, to continue to propel people to, to be able, because what I think it will ultimately do is give people a resource to maybe give it a try. Yeah. Where if you're, if you, before you saw, okay, it's going to take X amount of dollars. It may be a daunting task where I, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to give this a go and this will alleviate some of the, those, those thoughts. And, and then all you need, you know, somebody just maybe need a chance to get off the ground and, and do something that could be really cool. Low barrier of entry. Low barrier so of entry, big. the food truck, the Love food it. truck, uh, uh, charm. It's, yeah, it's the food truck motto. Low barrier of entry. Yeah, why are you doing this? It's a low barrier of entry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why you're driving around with propane tanks on the back of a truck selling yeah. stuff out of it. Yeah, low In February. <laughs> that is the short and sweet answer. Yeah. Um, so, actually, just how many winters did you do on the food truck? Two. You did two winters. First two winters we did on the truck uh, with my, butt, my, my good buddy and uh, – Andre, yeah, and oh, you yeah. Andre, and Andre uh, was great, and he was he was there um, to fight through some tough winners. Oh yeah, uh, but you know, at the time, I I felt I needed to um, do this full wholeheartedly, hundred yeah. percent. And I, if I was gonna, if I was gonna ever get to again, I I I'm more of like. I keep saying like this is my end goal. This is where I want it. I want to be a regional, you know, regional presence. I want to have multiple stores, whatever it's going to be. How am I going to get to that? And I didn't think I was going to get to that by doing it three, four, and five months out of the year. Yeah. And so I said that this is going to be our marketing. We're going to be on the road every. 
we got this big truck with a big sign that says my name on it. I got to drive <laughs> this thing around. Right? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I love getting a text saying, like, I saw you. And the only problem with that is that they knew it was me driving around. I just saw you texting on your phone while you're driving that food truck. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> right? But so those winter things were like, this is going to be our marketing. It's also going to be our time to, um, to figure it out. Yeah, because you're not super. You're not going to be super busy. It's the grind. It's the grind, and um, and you know, then I'd be, you know, Paul Keckler had a big influence on what we were doing as well. Yeah, and next year, and he helped us through some with the winter stuff, but he helped us kind of continue to shape what we we're going to become. And right now, I am. I've never been so enthusiastic about the food we're putting out right now, about the like the the makeup of our menu and what we're doing and what we're focusing on. I. I I'm very high on it. And I'm not just saying this because it's my business. I just I think it has continued to morph into what I what I what I what I want it to be, which is this, you know, this casual kind of approach to some, you know, different, you know, regional flavors and different techniques of barbecue. And that's what we've kind of become. And it's come through, you know, different people's influences, time and and just continued work. And I'm I'm pretty happy with where it's at. You know, I think we're taking we gotta take this next step to where um, this alcohol component of our restaurant and, and the sit down component of our restaurant and and uh, see where it goes, but it's um, it's you know it's a work it's a constant work in progress. It's kind of the way you know I feel about it. <clears throat> All right, man. So let's uh, wrap up with uh, wrap up with plugs. Uh, how do I they just f- did my last plug there? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> how do they get you on uh, social media? Um, on Facebook, we're Marty's. Um. Instagram, which I'm uh, becoming a more and more bigger fan of, is Marty's Meats and, and Twitter as well. Um, f- we have a website, which is actually getting revamped right now, which I'm super excited about. Nice. Um, Marty'sMeats.com. And um, you'll be able to find the food truck back on the road, I would say, mid-March, maybe April 1st. Hopefully, you know, if the food truck's back on the road, it's better for all of us in Rochester because it means the winter's over, right? Exactly. So, and then you can always find a 703 Park Ave, which is uh, our storefront. And if you don't want to come down to Park Avenue, we will bring it to you. We deliver, you know, quite a bit. You can call the store or order online on our website or Grubhub. Awesome. So, and uh, you can find me at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook, and at uh, Frankly. That's P-H-R-A-N-K dot L-Y. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Marty, thanks for coming over, buddy. Yeah, four years later. <laughs> four years later. Still, still still, in this uh, business. Still doing it, man. <laughs> still trying. Still doing it, so, man. Thanks for having me. Later.